How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Truth is, <laughs> I am Iron Man. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need Rose. When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. And here we go. Welcome to Not Another Movie Pod, episode 10. I'm Zach Williamson with Ross Cutsforth and Luke Goosens. Today we're going to talk some MCU with the Spider-Man trailer, the new Disney slate through 2027, some John Wick, Godzilla, the It trailer, Watchmen, and then we're finishing up with our review of Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile that came out on Netflix a couple weeks ago. But first, we got to do a little Game of Thrones. Yo. <laughs> All right, so first first story, what came out this week is that a new petition to get HBO to redo season eight of Game of Thrones has come out, and over 250,000 people have signed it. And the tagline was, David Benioff and D.B. Wise have proven themselves to be woefully incompetent writers when they have no source material, i.e. the books, to fall back on. So <laughs> what do you guys think about this? Gosh, you guys are assholes. I mean... <laughs> it's definitely not on the same level as it has been, but it's not it doesn't call for this big of a reaction, I feel like. It's still yeah. it's it's not that as bad as people are saying. Yeah. Like like we've talked about in past episodes, they got all their information from George R. R. Martin. This is pretty much how he wanted the story to end. You can't really be mad about it. You know, there's bad points. There there's bad parts of it, but as a whole, it's not bad. I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, what are they going to do? Bring out another $120 million to fund this yeah, redo? No. HBO? Yeah, not happening. None of these petitions ever work. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it's what stupid. the end goal of it is. It's just, it's just another way for people to be mad. Yeah. yeah. All right. Also, so there's a new still that came out, and it's basically just what we've seen in the trailer. Daenerys looking out over her armies. But there looks like there's a lot more Unsullied than we thought. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Wait, so how did you, yeah. you count them and how many did you count? I just like kind of did yeah. a rough estimate and then kind of just went by row and times it out. And I would say there's probably somewhere between 60, 70. But you can't see, in these you can't rows. see all the rows. Yeah, you can't see all the rows yeah. either. So I, I don't know. It's looking like there's got to be at least 2,000, 3,000 maybe. Yeah. And I was trying mm-hmm. I was trying to think how much did she. So she originally had over 8,000, right? Yeah, she had a little over 8,000. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was 8,000 so, trained ones and then. There were some extra ones that were untrained that she also got. Yeah, so let's think back to like when did she lose troops? So she lost troops when did she? I don't think she lost any in Yunkai or Astapor, or maybe maybe a few no. when she was taking them initially because they were killing all the masters. Yeah, but probably only like maybe a few, a dozen or something. Not a lot. Maybe not even. They didn't have really any resistance. No, there. they were. It was kind of a slaughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say that the biggest loss that they took out when they were in Essos was probably when the Sons of Harpy, definitely of the Harpy, were coming for them mm-hmm. at Marine. But how many do you think that they lost then? It seemed like a lot. I don't even think that much. You don't think really? so? Like a thousand, though, maybe a thousand yeah. would be a lot. I don't think they killed a thousand unsullied. That'd be tough. You don't think so? No, I think they killed a thousand, maybe a thousand. Okay, I'd say a thousand was a. I would say more, honestly. Because they they attacked him a couple times, they killed him in the streets, quite a, quite often it seemed like because Daenerys was saying she was finding dead bodies because they were getting killed in the streets, and then they also got killed at the yeah. Nas is it Nasdaq's fighting pit? Not Nasdaq. 
Yeah. At the fighting pit. I don't remember the name. Yeah. That's when a, a lot of them died. The fighting pit was a big battle. And also when they, they staged another rebellion, the one where they got Grey Worm. Or they didn't kill Grey Worm, mm-hmm. but they mortally injured him. Yeah. So, okay. So let's say a thousand then. So then they're down. They're down to like seven. What's that? Seven thousand now. What else happened in Essos? Anything? Well, they get they get attacked by the other people of Slaver, Slaver's Bay. But I don't know if any of the Unsullied died. No, they were just in the ships though. They never got to land. Well, they were besieging the city with catapults and fireballs. Because remember, they're slinging mm-hmm. fireballs up into the city. Yeah, but they never got in like hand to combat. Yeah, there were Sons of the Harpy in the city as well though. While that was happening. But that most of them got killed by yeah. Dario and the Second Sons. So they probably didn't kill too many mm-hmm. in the city. Okay, so how many you say that she made it out of Essos then with? I would say like... Probably a little under 7,000? I was going to say a little under 6,500. Okay, so let's say 6,500. Yeah. Then she lose some at Castle Rock. Yeah. A couple hundred there. How many do you think she lost at Castle Rock? Do you think a couple hundred? I was thinking only a couple hundred because they just kind of took out the ships. They didn't really yeah. come on. That's true. Land they them. did have to take the castle though initially, but they did take it by surprise from yeah. Tyrion's little. They kind of yeah. slaughtered the <laughs> the not too Lannister many died army. there. Yeah, so let's say a couple yeah. hundred there. So they're around six thousand. We'll say that something else happened though before before the Battle of Winterfell. They marched over yeah. to King's Landing, but they didn't never fought. They they just marched there for the Dragon Pit meeting. Okay, true. So mm-hmm. let's say then. They have six thousand going into the battle. A couple of them could have died in travel, though. But Maybe. that's let's just not even count that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's say they go to Battle of Winterfell, and then right then they lose half. Okay, so that's like that's what they're that's what they're saying on the on the board in episode four. <laughs> okay, this is where I fucking have my problems because at the end of the Battle of Winterfell, it seems like there's probably like thirty people left alive in that entire motherfucking place. Yeah. Yeah. And they had to stay out front to make sure the army could retreat. Yeah, I don't. And, they, and none of them made it. That's back. where they went wrong. Like their depictions there. Yeah, just went, just totally utter to shit. Like it just didn't make. Where sense. were they hiding? Three thousand unsullied, uh, in the yeah. crypts or something. Exactly. They're not all gonna be in inside the castle. They can't be. No. We saw Arya running through. Yeah. Them. Yeah. They were all dead outside. So, and there was no way they fit that many Dothraki with that many horses in there as well. We were watching every everything inside the castle, and just everyone was dead pretty much, except for just a handful mm-hmm. of people in the courtyard, and then there was people inside the walls. Did they surround Winterfell with troops? The whites? No. The whites? No, the, the allied forces. No, they were just in the front. They were just No, it was front, just yeah. at the north north end. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then, yeah, I don't know. But they said, they said in that meeting after that they lost half. Bullshit. Yeah, that's bullshit. Somehow, but... As we talk about... The numbers more, it just makes the Battle of Winterfell seem a little less. Yeah. If they're even going to say they only lost half their forces, that just makes it even more pathetic. Yeah, they should have depicted that much better. It's just, uh Yeah. Bad. This is this is why I was saying I like the Battle of King's Landing more, or the Sack of King's Landing more than the yeah. Battle of Winterfell. Mm-hmm. It was just no tension for that. I'd say there's probably like 500 Unsullied, or not Unsullied, sorry, Dothraki in this picture. Yeah. 500 is a little off too i'd say 500 that's probably accurate mm. and that makes how many did she bring over with her Ten thousand? no a hundred thousand apparently she brought a hundred thousand dothraki with her yeah and there was uh, no way there was a hundred thousand dothraki at the start of the battle of winterfell or afterwards no way there was like 
50. Oh, no way, dude. Maybe not even 50. There was like 10 that came back with Jorah mm-hmm. after that. And there was supposed to be 100,000 when they were charging in, too. And there was mm-hmm. definitely not 100,000. We got some logistics fuck-ups here. Yeah. There's no way they... You think she really brought 100,000? No, there's no That's way they... It... I don't know if they could have fit that many on... I was going to say on the boats, there's no way. It seems like a lot. That's what the yeah. statistics are saying. Check the stats. I'm Here, hold on. Yeah, I'm looking this up too. Cal Drogo's army had forty. Yeah, but that was no, no, no. She had all the fucking horse lords of Vice yeah. Dothrak though, with her, and not just Cal Drogo's horde. Oh, true. Just a hundred thousand seems very, very, very absurd. Like there is no army in Westeros that's <laughs> semi-closed. No, not even. I think the Tyrells had a, a lot, but not a hundred grand, dog. But at, literally every time I've seen it, it said I've seen a hundred thousand. There's just no way, though. Like, there's no way that she brought that many no, over. No, no. If you, like, look at the lo- logistically, there's no way. There's no way she brought that. Yeah. And to the north and fed all those people and their horses. There's no, no fucking way. How many ships did she bring over? A thousand ships? There's no. She didn't have that much. If there is a thousand ships, I would mean a hundred guys per ship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that means also a hundred horses per ship I don't think too she had that many i don't think she had that many ships that means though. 100 horses per ship too which is absolute bullshit they stated that yeah, yeah. daenerys has 1000 ships which means she would only have room for 8000 unsullied and 16000 dothraki it says this thing that i said says she had 100 ships it does say on fandom wiki that daenerys's new newly acquired Kalasar of 100000 dothraki yeah damn dude <laughs> Yeah. There's just no way she brought that many over. I know. Yeah. That's why it doesn't make any sense. There had to have been maybe 2,000. That's why there's major inconsistencies. There had to have been 2,000 troops, 2,000 Dothraki that went into that, that like charged. No, yeah. There was only, yeah, 2,000 to 3,000, I'd say. They just only have so many extras. I mean, look at Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You see how fat those armies were? (laughs) Those armies were fucking massive. Lord of the Rings had bigger budget. Yeah, but you gotta, dude. It's the biggest TV show in history. Uh, no, I don't know, dude. You gotta throw a bigger budget at it. How large? How large was the Urkai army attacking Helm's Deep? Damn, I don't know. Because that was like a sea yeah. of fucking Urkai. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, there's no fucking way, dude. The Urukai that attacked Helm's Deep. Guess how much? Guess. guess I'm looking. I'm looking you. for it right now, but. Wait. No, just take a guess. Don't before you look. All right. Guess. I will fuck. I'm guessing 20,000. 20, 100,000. Bro, 10,000. Oh my god. I mean, that's 10, realistic though. That's what 10,000 10, would look 10, like. 10,000 Urukai, 5,000 orcs, and then 5,000 Dunlandings. Dude, there's no way. There's she had no fucking way. No. Think <laughs> of that entire sea of Urukai, yeah. but with horses. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> and then times it by times it by yeah, they're all on dude. top of horses. No fucking way, dude. Not a chance. Oh, no chance. Why'd they give that number? Damn, they kind of fucked this. This. Oh, they could have just said something realistic. They didn't have to yeah. do that. Jesus. She had to have left a shit ton back in Essos. Had to have. I don't know. There's no other way to like explain it. Then, she, dude, she left like 95 percent of her. I feel like it's just bad writing. Bro, if she had 100,000 Dothraki, she would never even need to use the Unsullied for shit. She could have just been ferrying. No. <laughs> she could have just been ferrying troops like across the fucking sea for a year and then <laughs> the and then time. destroyed Westeros. 
<laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> yes, she could have been just. Dude, feeding, she doesn't even need her dragon. her army at all. No, just for siege really. tactics. Well, that's it. Oh, yeah. at the end, what a bad yeah. number, dude. I don't think there's any way she has a thousand ships either because it took Euron. Euron had to build a yeah. thousand ships, <laughs> and it took him how long? Like three seasons, two seasons. He he was introduced yeah. in season five. Well, it took so him it took five seasons in, right? Two seasons. Yeah. No, two seasons. Uh, no, because he two didn't seasons. start building till season five. What? But he did have his yeah. own ships. But I mean, he still built well. those. He still built those ships fast yeah. as fuck, but where the fuck are you getting trees yeah, out? There's not that many Islands? people in the Iron Islands either. <laughs> to like oh. building all that shit. Those ships. My man was he that's that's when he's yeah. using his sorcerer man, shit. They bad. just didn't put that on That's really bad writing. God damn it. I think that she must have had a hundred ships when she was going over to, to Essos or to I Westeros. Mean, no, it says she is a thousand. It's even it's stated in the there's show. There's no way though, dude. There's no way. She has a thousand ships. Where'd she get him? Because Yara had to ditch out because Euron taking over, and she couldn't take. She didn't take a thousand ships. No. There's no way. But they also had the ships that they acquired from the the slavers. <laughs> Shit don't make no, no. sense, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, if she has a hundred thousand motherfucking Dothraki, yeah, that doesn't make. That doesn't make sense. It's fucking bullshit. There's no fucking way. It doesn't son. explain how she only has 500 left or how they got wiped. They got washed at the fucking Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. That's absolutely ridiculous. That doesn't make sense. Actually, if she had 100,000, I think she would wreck the fucking army of the undead. Dude, where the fuck is Theon? Is uh, Euron's 1,000 ships anyway <laughs> then in the Battle of King's Landing? Like, can, we, can we talk about that part too? She probably roasted like yeah. 50 ships tops. <laughs> Ross, she would yeah. wreck the fucking army of the undead. Oh, she would roll them over. Steamroll. Easy. <laughs> yeah, and they're going against skeletons Dude, and shit. For real. They're all on horses, just destroying. <laughs> they could just do rows. Yeah. Rows and rows. Dude, that's a no contest. Yeah. Damn. Then you could make all of the Dothraki dragon glass spears. So they would all just have spears yeah. and shit and dragon glass arrows. <laughs> Oh, why don't they make their Eric's oh, fucking dragon glass? We forgot one battle too. Oh, the Dothraki. No, they barely lost any Dothraki in the loot train battle. Oh shit, we forgot the loot train battle. But no, they yeah. fucking straight slaughtered them. They no, that was, that was just destroying. Yeah. Not even a thousand. There might have been a hundred dudes dead. Jamie killed one. Not even yeah one. <laughs> <laughs> he killed one whole fucking Dothraki. <laughs> I need to rewatch that. That's a legendary episode. Yeah. They didn't even lose close to 1% of their troops right there. No, nah, they didn't lose anything. Like, that battle was complete domination. Yeah. Damn. Oh, they would have washed the the whites if they actually had that that no, those numbers. 100,000. Yeah, dude. They could, There's no way. There's just no way. <laughs> don't make no sense. Who's coming up with these numbers, John? I don't know. The writers. God damn it. Why do they do that? They just need more extras, bro. <laughs> yeah. More extras, but I bet they don't want plot. They don't want like plot leaks to happen. They have so many extras, but they could just computer generate all that shit. Yeah, too. but I was just about to say, dude, they only need like fifty extras, and then the rest can be computer generated. Yeah. You know, that's even yeah. in Lord of the Rings. A lot of those really big armies were they were just oh, had a lot of extras and then computer generated. Yeah, and then they would just yeah. do a lot of close ups of like big groups of extras. Yeah, dude, I I can't explain this. So they have, so they have five hundred Dothraki. It looks like somehow she's got five hundred. 
she only she, has a 0.5 percent of the army she came over with and she went she came with a hundred thousand oh, apparently and somehow she has yeah. way more unsullied than she has dothraki still it's not ridiculous yeah they're elite uh, it's, it's on your fandom bro Ten thousand urukai explain to me yara's army or how many ships yara had how many dothraki daenerys brought with her how many unsullied <laughs> I think the Unsullied part is accurate for the most part, besides the Battle of Winterfell part. Yeah, that part makes no fucking sense. Okay. <laughs> so Conleth Hill, who plays Varys, he wishes before that his character had one more scene with Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. And his quote was, I was bummed not to have any reaction to him dying. It was kind of frustrating. As a whole, the show has been overwhelmingly positive and brilliant, but I suppose the last couple of seasons weren't my favorite. What you guys think about this? Well, you know how I feel about Varys' death. I, I, yeah. I thought his character got dumbed down a little bit towards the end. Mm-hmm. That's definitely how it seems like he yeah. feels, too. I, I like it that he's being open about how he feels about the yeah. end of the show. Uh, I appreciate his honesty, for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he went on. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he went on and said later that after he filmed and couple months passed by he sat with he's he felt better about it in the end yeah well he mm-hmm. he probably has and, to come to terms with it because like that's how it went down so no matter what him mm-hmm. being disappointed with it isn't gonna change it so yeah and there was supposed to be one scene i guess in season six where they did run into each other again but it didn't end up having oh uh, little finger and various also yeah yeah it just didn't work out what about you luke what do you think yeah i appreciate him being honest about it, but it kind of grows on on me too as I like digest it and think about it, the season and the even the parts of the episodes that I don't like kind of grow on me and get better. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I see where he's coming from. Yeah, on top of everything, there's a lot of battles past two seasons, too. Mm-hmm. Barry's not really in, involved in that kind of aspect of the mm-hmm. show. True. But he could be like manipulating things behind the scenes. So he could yeah. be making alliances behind closed doors and sending armies into different places and stuff like that. Yeah, but I thought that's what – wasn't he trying to do – wasn't he the one who got the Tyrells and the Dornish to come yeah. originally? Yeah, he did. That was yeah. basically the last significant thing he did. In the last <laughs> what was he supposed to do against the against the White Walkers? Oh, he could have been gathering information on Cersei or something while that was happening. The White Walkers were kind of like prim- their primary focus at that time. I don't think he was thinking yeah. about Cersei. Yeah, maybe he could have prevented this in a better way, like prevented Daenerys. Yeah, maybe, but he – he didn't even really see it coming till the last, till the last episode. Yeah, and then he finally turned on her, tried to poison her. Yeah, he could have he could have been making some plans, but I don't have any ideas. I haven't been thinking about it too much, but I just yeah. I wish his character would have made some smarter moves. I'm not gonna waste. I'm not gonna put that much time into it though, to think about what else mm-hmm. he could do because I'm not rewriting the season yeah. or anything. Yeah, that's over with. Okay. Ross, did you want to touch on this? The reigns of Casimir. There's something we missed on the last yeah. pod. When Jamie and Cersei were under underneath the Red Keep, while the ceiling was coming down, there was a song playing, and the theme was it was intertwined. Basically, the reigns of Casimir and the theme of when Cersei is blowing up the Sept of Baelor by an explosion in a building where the building comes, well, the explosion and the building kills them. And then also Daenerys comes in with her dragon and burns a red keep and it falls down on top of them, which is kind of a parallel for Cersei's ending and 
her getting what she deserves with blowing up the Sept of Baylor, killing all those people. And as well as the Reigns of Casimir, which is a song about Tywin Lannister when his father Tidos Lannister ruled. It was in like 262 AC, which is years after Aegon's conquest. And Tidos was a really weak ruler, and he basically gave people out loans and never demanded repayment. And he kind of was frivolous. He didn't really care what was going on. And Tywin came along, and he's like, no, I'm done with this shit. It was after he went to war, actually, for the first time. And he came back, and he was hardened. He was kind of a, a vet a little bit. And he came back and gathered men and went around. He took captives and demanded the loans back. And then the reigns of Casimir, it was House Reign, Roger Reign, started rebelling against the Lannisters. So basically, Tywin went down to Casimir and he burned their whole castle to the ground and killed all the reigns. And then that is playing while the home of the Lannisters, which is the Red Keep, well, I mean, it's Casterly the Rock, but since Cersei is a queen, her home is the Red Keep. And the Red Keep is coming down on her while the Reigns of Casimir is play- playing. So, yeah. All right, so that's pretty much all we have for Game of Thrones today. Did want to do a correction on the last pod. I meant to say Rhaegar was born, and then it took over a decade for Viserys to be born. And in that time, Eris and Rhaella, they had three miscarriages, two stillborns, and three babies live and die within a year of birth. So a lot, a lot of stuff went bad for them during that. Yeah. And then also, we recorded the majority of this podcast a couple of days ago. And then since then, we're going to talk some Vaughn. We're going to talk some Star Wars too. And since then, Daniel Craig's injured his foot, so it's delayed for that. But we go more in depth on it. And then same with D&D are now confirmed to have the next Star Wars trilogy. And we just go more in depth on that later. Uh, we're going to move on to MCU now. First... We're going to talk about, so the Avengers Endgame directors, the Russo bros, they came out and said one thing about Cap. The writers said something else, and so I'm going to read their quotes. So Marcus and McFeely, who wrote Avengers Endgame, Infinity War, they wrote Captain America Civil War, and they wrote uh, Winter Soldier. So they've been working with the Russos for a long time. Yeah. Their take on it is that, this is their quote, we are not experts on time travel, but the Ancient One specifically states that when you take an Infinity Stone out of a timeline, it creates a new timeline. So Steve going back and just being there would not create a new timeline. So I reject the Steve is in an alternate reality theory. But this real- alternate reality theory, that's the ones, the Russos, they buy into this. And their quote is, for example, the old Cap at the end of the movie, he lived his married life in a different universe from the main one. He had to make another jump back to the main universe at the end to give the shield to Sam. Yeah. What you guys take? Well, the thing on that is for Captain America, yeah, he's on one timeline the whole time just for Captain America. But for everyone else, it's like he's in an alternate reality, right? Yeah. So your take is that this is what I took it to that only makes sense to me is that it's what the Russo said is that he's going back and he creates an alternate timeline. He lives that out, comes back. I just, but I think it's a bad look if your writers and your director are on the same page about this, you know? Yeah, that means mm-hmm. you probably had creative differences. It's just like you, it seems like that they, yeah, they would have been working on this stuff together for years and then th- this came out. What the Russo said makes sense because he still has to get the shield, mm-hmm. right? And the shield wasn't, because he has to have the shield in the original timeline, right? He didn't have a shield when he left. So he got it, he got it from yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, the shield got destroyed by Thanos. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So he had to go to alternate reality, which is why the Russo's theory makes sense to me. Wait, to get the shield or? That just shows, illustrates like why going into a diff, like he, him having to go into a different timeline makes sense and bringing the shield back. Well, no, that was for to put the Infinity Stones back was his main goal. No, I know. I know. I understand oh, that. Oh, for, okay, for the Peggy Carter Yeah, one. I'm just saying that that also like makes sense to me. Yeah, because it's a different shield. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I got you. And then on top of that, too, there was another uh, debate that came out this week, too. So the Russos last, I want to say like six months ago, they said the Aunt May survived the snap. John Watts, who claims, who's the director of Spider-Man Far From Home, he claims he worked directly with the Russos for Spider-Man Far From Home, you know, at the post after Endgame events. Yeah. And he's saying that she was snapped. So it's just, it's just, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense why all these people aren't on the same page with this stuff. Because it's like fans are going to question these things, you know. It's a big, big details from the movies. Yeah, now yeah. that would be a huge factor into the next Spider-Man movie too, because that would be her living five years without Peter versus her being like the same person basically when Peter comes back. Yeah, it's just they just need to get on the same page with this stuff. Yeah. So another th- thing that came out this week is that the Russo Bros said Captain America was always worthy of lifting Mjolnir, but he chose not to out of respect for Thor. It's because of this, fans are now calling the Russo bros the new J.K. Rowling because of all these changes they're making. Do you guys think? What? <laughs> Why would... it? Didn't, I don't know. I did not get that feeling watching Age of Ultron at all. That he could lift it? Yeah. Like, he looked like he was trying. Yeah, I agree. I agree, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking just because even he moved it a little, that would show. And I think Josh Whedon, who directed that one, he said that... He came out a couple years ago and said, well, could he not lift it or did he just choose not to? So they kind of hinted at it a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it makes sense. And I think the comparison to J.K. Rowling is ridiculous, honestly. At least this was in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Mm, I just yeah. didn't get that sense that he could lift it. Based you mean, on the- so you're saying that he became more worthy later? Yeah, because he grew as a character since that movie. So I feel like... Yeah that is representative of his arc whereas when you just make it oh it was out of respect for thor it's not as symbolic yeah before the josh whedon said that a couple years ago i always thought maybe it was because he knew the truth about tony's parents wait you think that had to do with it maybe just that he wasn't seen worthy because he was about all that and was lying and he Mm -hmm. never told tony yeah exactly Yeah. yeah he grew as a character like he let some stuff off of his chest and then he became worthy yeah exactly yeah, I liked it. I don't, but I don't have as big of a problem with it because I do think that they did tease it a little bit, so it makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't care too much about that. That's a really minor detail. Yeah, for sure. Okay, next sort of news. So this week in Avengers Endgame, Tony Stark was supposed to have a daughter. I mean, his daughter was supposed to. There was a scene where she was supposed to be older, and it was played by Catherine Langford, who was in Thirteen Reasons Why. But they ended up cutting it. And it was supposed to be like a scene where Tony snaps and he sees the future. Like when Thanos saw a younger Gamora, it was supposed to be an older one. But test audience thought it was confusing. I'm kind of on the same page as that. What about you guys? Don't you think if Tony would have just said, oh, Morgan, then they would have known that was his daughter? Like if he would have used her name? Yeah. She's she's such a minor character, character, though. She's only in Avengers Endgame. I mean, I still would have remembered her, though. Like I still remembered her character throughout the movie. I think it would just maybe a little bit more confusing though, is just because she's older. Yeah. Whereas Gamora was a kid. Yeah, and it wouldn't make sense. Yeah, exactly, and it wouldn't make sense. I, I don't think it was needed. She's not a character. She's not like yeah. a character that we know. 
Like she has no backstory. You want to get confused about Gamora either because she's green too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, I, I just didn't feel like it was needed. Uh, I, I liked how he went out. It felt very realistic. You know, he didn't really say anything. He just died because he was overwhelmed with this, the snap and everything. It felt realistic. Yeah. I was good with it, how it went out. No, I don't. I don't think I ever needed that scene either, but I don't know. What triggered it in Thanos that didn't happen with Tony? Thanos had to sacrifice Gamora. Tony never had to sacrifice his daughter. Well, the way the way I understood it is that it still happened, but they just don't show it on screen, right? Isn't that what it would mean? Yeah, that's true. True. Yeah. It could happen like that. Okay, next sort of news. Big news for something, a movie, MC movie that's coming out next year. So Richard Madden was cast as Icarus. He's the main character in The Eternals. And Richard Madden, a.k.a. Rob Stark, our boy, yeah. and starred The Bodyguard for Netflix, where he won an Emmy this year. The King of the Thoughts North. The King of the North. <laughs> Dude, I love uh, me some Rob Stark. I think it's awesome. That's a pretty good cast. Do you think they're going to dye his hair blonde, though, or what? Yeah, that's the only thing, yeah, because Icarus has blonde yeah. hair. I like the casting, though. I think he's a great actor. I think he does have to buff up a little bit, in my opinion. He's kind of a little dude. I agree. Icarus looks more like a he looks more like a Superman type built dude. Batman, you know, big dude. So, yeah, Cap, exactly. So, just an absolute unit. Yeah, hundred percent. So, if you can get him, get him on a fucking like that Tom Hardy build up, then I'm with (laughs) you. Yeah, give him some HGH or something. Some deer (laughs) antler spray. Get him going. Yeah, get him crazy. 100%. 100%. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to like this cast. I like that. I like Angelina Jolie. I'm excited to see what else because it's an ensemble. So there's going to be some more big names coming yeah. out. This cast is dope. I, I'm i excited for this movie just because they're going to introduce uh, all of the Eternals, which is Thanos' species, and it's going to tie in Thanos, mm-hmm. Thanos' history and all of that more. So I think it's... Yeah, we might even see his yeah. brother too. So I think that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, next. Big... Probably the biggest MCU thing that happened this week and the biggest MCU thing that will happen in the next year. Spider-Man Far From Home trailer just dropped. This movie comes out in July. Thoughts on you guys on the trailer? I love the trailer. Want to hear what you guys thought. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I thought it was sweet. Yeah, I'm back on the MCU hype train, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's only been a week <laughs> and I'm back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of new characters. Yeah. I thought it was going to... Like, based on the first two trailers, I wasn't that excited for it. The movie was shaping up to be super predictable. And now, mm-hmm. this just makes the MCU in as a whole just way more exciting. Because they're introducing the multiverse, which is so heavily present in the comics. That, like, how can you not mm-hmm. bring that in eventually? And, yeah, mm-hmm. I just want them to fully go into the multiverse with Spider-Man. Even though they probably won't in this movie. Like create like Ben Riley and all that shit. Oh, so you want more Spider Man to yeah. pop up? Maybe some Spider oh. Spider Man UK. I don't mm-hmm. think they're gonna do that kind of stuff. No, no, I don't think they're gonna do that this movie. But I'm saying eventually. This one oh this I, one just I don't think they're gonna do that. At all. At all. That doesn't make sense. They're gonna hundred percent do it. You think eventually. so? Yeah, well hundred percent. It doesn't make sense to me because they're setting up Spider Man as their new Iron Man. So why would they why would they try to dilute their product? Like why would they do that to them? Well, I mean, well because the multiverse it just it all all these characters overlap with each other a ton. So our main Spider-Man overlaps with all those a lot. And I just I don't know, I think it's cool. Yeah. 
Just it's the big thing in the Spider Verse. The Spider Verse is a huge thing, and just the multiverse is a huge thing. Because Spider Man is not the same as Iron Man. You can't like Spider Man has his own stories. Yeah, yeah, but there's so much other like there's so many other things to explore in Marvel Marvel than just to go like deep into Spider Man. Yeah, I'm just saying in future movies maybe. All right. Yeah, I was just excited on the multiverse because I think it opens up. You can start bringing in the X Men. Fantastic Four, yeah. you know, because the the main problem I thought with the X Men was just that the X Men were always yeah, there. How you explain? They were there before a lot of these super, yeah. So it's like, how do you explain people who are already there and then all of a sudden they pop up? Unless the X Men started in 2023 in our timeline, but now you have the multiverse, so it's hey, they could have been another universe. Yeah, it really opens up like their storytelling possibilities. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like it. Looked like he's gonna rock a ton of different suits in this movie. I really like that. He had the Iron Spider suit to start. It looks like he gets his classic suit. He has a stealth suit. Yeah, and there's like a new and red and black one when he's in New York. Is that cool. a shield suit? They have to be right. I don't know who else is making suits for yeah. him at this point. I would, I agree. I think it's shield. Yeah, I definitely. It definitely seems like they're kind of setting him up to be the next Iron Man, like you were saying, uh, yeah. Luke. Just with the, a lot of the implications in that trailer, mm-hmm. and that that's a good thing because I think that means that Sony and Marvel are going to be working on a deal for the time future because as of right now, Spider-Man only has one more movie on his contract. After this one? or Sorry. Yeah, yeah, after this one. So this is like movie number five, I think, and they did a six-movie deal, something like that. Maybe it was seven. I, well, I was saying, Luke was saying he doesn't think anyone's going to pop up. I'm, I'm kind of expecting another superhero to pop up in this movie. I, f- I feel like they've realized, hey, you know, all these crossovers work best, like Thor Ragnarok, for example. No, I was talking about other Spider-Mans. Yeah. Oh, I think that I well, I don't know if they're gonna do that in this one, but I think in the future that seems definitely. That's what know. I was talking about. Oh, there's there's Mysterio. Mysterio was saying he's from Earth eight three three, and on that planet we know Earth eight three three. It has it's like a it's a combination of Captain Britain and Spider Man, a UK Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. So I that, I think that'd be interesting. I thought that was interesting when he said that he didn't. We we could use someone like you on our planet. I can't tell if that means he's lying, or if Spider Man's just not in that universe yet but he should be interesting. I was going to ask you guys too. Do you, is it pretty obvious at this point? Mysterio is going to be the villain and he's lying or yeah. what do you guys think? That's yeah. That's definitely how they're setting it up. I feel like, but who yeah. knows once we actually get into the movie, they might try to subvert our expectation. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially with the comments from like Jake Gyllenhaal and stuff. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think they even said the other day that there's Tom Holland was saying that there's a part in the movie that will like pull the rug out from under you. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it seems so obvious, but you I forgot about that quote, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then also this week with the movie, uh, John Watts, who's the director, he confirmed that the elementals are from a different universe. I mean, he could just be confirming that saying, trying to throw us off, obviously. And then another thing I noticed in the show was Mysterio claimed they're on, that they're currently on earth 616. But the problem with that for me is that's the comic universe, which is connected technically in the in the big scheme of things with Marvel. The comic universe is Earth 616. Yeah. The MCU is supposed to be Earth like 199,999. And I looked into this today. That, that was made canon in 2008 by Marvel's official handbook. So that was another reason why I thought, okay, he's definitely lying. He's not. He's definitely a bad guy in this. I was going to see what you guys thought. Maybe they, Or also maybe they're just redoing it and saying, hey, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Earth-616 in this universe, in the movie universe or whatever. I mean, didn't you just say that Thoughts it's that? this universe is Marvel 199999 or whatever? Yeah, and then they made that in the handbook when Iron Man came out. But I was saying maybe they're just changing it for some reason because it's confusing. Uh, I, yeah, that's I don't true. Know. And it's hard to say. It could be. Yeah, it, 
it's unclear right now, but I, I just took it as okay, that's a sign that he is lying to to Nick Fury and Spider Man. It's definitely right there. suspect, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kinda thinking too if they do so he is from Earth eight three three or whatever, eight one three. Eight three three, I think. But if they did do that, then maybe they could bring in like a Tom Holland speaking in his actual British accent in a multiverse Peter Parker somehow. I, I guess that'd be yeah, kinda yeah. wild, yeah. I don't know, but I don't think they're gonna do that. I just thought that was thought that came to my mind does that mean okay. they have to pay him double <laughs> yeah i don't know he's got two roles work out some sort of deal with that okay moving on that was it for mcu but we're still going to do well we're going to talk a little bit about mcu but in the grander scheme of things with disney's whole slate yeah. they announced that this week and disney announced basically movies all the way till 2027 and said more will be added later but pretty much their lineup to to about 2023 it's pretty set and in that it had eight mcu movies Presumably next year will be Black Widow and Eternals, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and Shang-Chi are supposed to be after that. And then also we know Doctor Strange 2 is coming, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2 is highly likely. So that's seven. I was wondering what you guys thought this eighth movie would be. I imagine that's phase four, all of them. Yeah, that's got to be some kind of closing movie, some kind of Avengers team up movie. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was just about to say that, Ross. It's going to be a collaborative movie. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. I think that's probably why they haven't announced it yet. I'm not sure what other character they would well, want yeah. to do. It, that seems definitely like it, the new Avengers or something like that. Because whoever is going to be like the overarching villain, they got to build up in bits and pieces throughout these next seven movies, so that mm-hmm. it's not just like someone coming in out of nowhere in the eighth movie. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And then also, which I thought something that stuck out when I was looking at the slate is that an Indiana Jones movie is still happening and it's set for July 21st, 2021. Oh, it was originally planned. Originally, it was planned to release this year. Yeah. But they obviously got pushed back. Harrison Ford will be 79 when this oh, comes out. Jesus. Yeah. Spielberg and George Lucas also said they're still down on it. I don't think they're going to have Shia LaBeouf in it because I don't think people really liked. He was his son in the last yeah. one. I don't think people really liked that. But I'm sure they have plans to continue the franchise somehow after that. So I can see this being more of a passing torch somehow. Oh, I mean, the man. franchise has made franchise made like almost $2 billion. So it seems like this is something they're going to want to keep going. Dang, and it's George Lucas and Steven Spielberg on this new one? Yeah, Spielberg Dude. will direct. He said he would never produce a uh, – he'll never produce an Indiana Jones movie without George Lucas. So he's in oh, That's awesome. And how old are they going to be? Like 95? No, no. they're younger. What? Uh, they're younger? Yeah. No way. They're younger than Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is older than both of them, pretty sure. Damn, I didn't know that. Okay. I thought they were So we older. down on Indiana Jones 5? I think I'm in on it. One more round. I mean, who who produced and <laughs> directed uh, Indy 4? They both did. Stewart and George yeah, Lucas. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 100%. I just lowered my expectations. <laughs> How did they even... That one was kind of yeah. messy. That one was messy it with was. the aliens. Yeah, that was wild. I did not like that one. Because they went all out, like, you know, they just went otherworldly on that mother mother truck. And that one came out, what year did that come out? Probably about 10 yeah, years ago. Like, so Harrison Ford was in his 60s. Yeah. And so, and he did all of his stunts, too. So that's the only thing I'm kind of worried about. It's just like, how is he going to do? He's going to be 79. He's going to break a hip. <laughs> but I'm kind of in with it. I'd, I'd be down to see one more. I always love Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Harrison yeah. Ford is going to be like the old sage, like Mr. Miyagi to whoever they choose to yeah, pass the torch like you are saying. They, it came, yeah. came out in 2008, 11 years ago. Damn. Jesus. So he was 64 then when it came out, 65. Damn. 
I mean, he still did. I mean, he he looked like he got around in that movie. Yeah, still, him at least, being, but him turning like being eighty nine in that movie makes me feel like old. <laughs> 79, 79. Oh, 79. 89, <laughs> that, that would be yeah. next level. Sorry. <laughs> There'd be no way, dude. That'd be Indiana yeah. Jones 6. Uh, there's no way. <laughs> I mean, it. he got around in Force Awakens, all right. Like- yeah. You know what was the worst scene in that last one, I think, was probably the nuke scene, dude. He's just hiding oh, in yeah. the fridge when a nuke goes off. Like, <laughs> like- that was they were going for all spectacle right there, and they weren't really thinking about the logistics. <laughs> Know, Dude, he was one. launched. Yeah, and the nuclear radiation. <laughs> I don't think that a refrigerator seal would keep that back. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's made of Maybe. lead, but it's not that great of a seal on that old of a refrigerator. Yeah, but it's made um, of lead. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm saying, like, when one. he's flying through the air and, and shit and bouncing off the ground. He... Oh, yeah, he's broke. Yeah. <laughs> don't you think the <laughs> yeah. seal would open up as too? Let all that radiation in. Oh, yeah, probably that, too. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, no, it's an older fridge, so they have that little lock and latch. Oh, true. But he's still <laughs> dead on the inside from getting banged up. Yeah, he's crushed. Damn. <laughs> yes, I mean, that, that movie had problems. I think we're. I'd, I'd still go see another one of those. Down they also it. went off a waterfall at the, towards the end as well. Yeah. They were yeah. in, like, little Humvees, and they floated off a waterfall. That was crazy. Yeah, for... For a while there, I would just like fall asleep to Indiana Jones. Like I put it on Netflix just because it makes me feel so good and adventurous. Like before I go to sleep, I love it. Yeah, hundred percent. Those first three are yeah. amazing movies. Some of my favorite movies. Agreed. Another thing they came out with this is with the Fox deal. So Disney owns all these Fox movies now, and they've been moving around their slate to adjust. And they set the dates for the four Avatar sequels, <laughs> which were originally supposed to come out starting in two thousand fourteen. It has been delayed, I think, three times since then. I think it was 2016, 2018, 2020, and then now. And then now, I mean, now it's pushed back to 2021. Yeah. All the films were, are supposedly written in kind of like a standalone-ish, exploring different ap- uh, aspects of Pandora, which is the planet. Oh, so it's not like an overarching story? I think it, it's telling a story, but they all can, they yeah. can stand alone a little bit. It reminds me of like the MCU a yeah. little bit, you know what I mean? And So will we see characters from the like first Jake one Foley. yeah 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 he's supposed to go yeah yeah for sure and i think one of them is supposed to be underwater which sounds cool, mm. kind of interesting vin diesel will have a role in what? some of these that, that oh. was announced the other day no but do you guys think we need four avatar sequels i mean the last one came out in 2009 mm. it's been or 2008 it came out over 10 years ago oh at this God. point and the sequel won't come out until two Luke, i know how you feel about this <laughs> yeah no we don't need five of them yeah, I'm just going to say it's too early to judge because I've only seen one out of all six or five of these. There's eventually going to be five, but I've only seen one of them, so I don't really know. And the first one, I I mean, I liked it. It wasn't like, I don't know, it wasn't next level shit. It was, a remake, it was is a remake of Pocahontas. Kind of. <laughs> it was, yeah. 100%. Okay, the ending was a little different. The ending was a little different, but like, dude. It's pretty goddamn similar. It had different concepts too, like with him entering like an avatar body, but it was very cookie cutter of Pocahontas. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one works so well just because wasn't it one of the first movies that was like straight up 3D and the way he shot it, it just, and it's crazy how much money it makes like that, that money, that movie has made more money than any movie ever. How much do you, how much do you think that contributed to its, its success? Well, I think one aspect was James Cameron. And people go out for his movies. But I think, yeah, I think it was 3D. And there probably just wasn't a ton of competition because it came out around Christmas. 
it was, was also just a well done movie too. Yeah, it was a solid movie yeah. for its time for sure. I liked it. I don't I don't know about seeing it yeah. three times in theaters like the visual people. effects were all really good and the the directing dialogue there wasn't like any bad dialogue really. Yeah. The thing for me is just what if the second one is just trash, you know, and then you have two you have more coming out after and you just put in all yeah. this money and this time into the shit. You can know? guarantee that at least like one out of the four that is going to come out next will be trash. I mean, yeah, and they, they wrote them all together. What are the odds they're all good? Like one in fucking 10 million. Like you think that? Real? I don't know. I mean, Jim Perriman's pretty I wouldn't I wouldn't guarantee. Yeah. He's a pretty solid dude. Director. He's going to get tired of this shit. I feel like if he's putting this, you know, cuz this came out, it's been a project he's working on for 10 years that he must have definitely put a lot of thought into it, you know, and that it could still turn out really good. It's just for me also it's just the factor. It's been so long are these going to really make that much money? Yeah. To yeah. what they're thinking, to what Fox put into it, and just the budgets, I'm sure, are insane. Oh, yeah. Too. They're probably huge. Oh, yeah, because hell is CGI. Yeah, because, I mean, they've filmed, they've filmed all the scenes already with all the actors for all the movies are already filmed. They just have to do all the VFX now for all of them still up until 2021, Damn. and then they have two years after that. So as better CG comes out, they're just going to keep improving them? Yeah, and I think that was mm-hmm. the only reason why he waited so long to do this movie originally was because he was waiting for the technology to catch up yeah. to what he wanted to do. But yeah, I mean, it's just been a while. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'd go. I'd go watch another movie, another one of those movies again. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, I don't have a sour taste in my mouth from the first one, so I'm not out on it yet. Okay, and then also what came out of this was the next Star Wars trilogy was announced, and these dates are basically going. So basically what Disney is going to do is they're going to own Christmas for the next <laughs> however many years, starting in 2021. They're going to do Avatar. Then the year after that, they're doing Star Wars, Avatar, Star Wars, on and on. Thoughts thoughts on this trilogy with D&D? I'm, I don't know, dude. We were talking about it, how they're... If you ask, yeah, I was going to say, if you asked me a year ago, I'd be like, 100%, yeah. I'm in. But we're starting to see how they do when they get away from like solid source material. Yeah. If they butcher if the, if they butcher these last two episodes, people are not gonna be happy with this next Star Wars trilogy. No. Yeah, and this is locked in. Like they at this point, Kathleen Kennedy, who's the president, says they're not going back. They're working on it now, and they've planned out the next ten years of Star Wars even after yeah. that. Oh, Ryan geez. Johnson. Like people are already gonna yeah, so. start counting it out. If if these last two episodes are bad, people are just gonna have it in their head that this whole trilogy is already gonna be bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, the way I, the one thing I'm thinking is that at least they have a few years to really put down a story, and they don't feel the pressure maybe like they did with Game of Thrones to yeah. get that writing out. So there's that aspect, and if they actually do what these rumors are saying, they do like Knights of the Old Republic era. That would be sick. I, I mean, I can't count them out. Yeah, I'm, I would probably I'd still be in on. No, it. I, yeah, I'm not counting out. I'm just saying a lot. There's going to be a lot of people out there. I'm going to give it a chance. Though. Yeah, that's coming out in 2022. So that starts, yeah, 2022, they have Avatar 2021, and then their big movie in 2020 is going to be that Cruella movie, the prequel. Oh, no Emma way. Stone. Yeah, which, yeah, they're doing a prequel with Emma Stone. And I, I don't know how you do this because I don't know how you make a terrible person like Cruella likable. I mean, she wanted yeah. to skin dogs. And I, I don't know how she you didn't have an inkling of like likable character trait in her in any of the 101 Dalmatians. They're going to make it kind of like tragic then. Maybe. I guess they'd have to do that that route maybe. I have no idea what they're going to do. Maybe she was abused or something. That's why she abuses. 
damn. I mean, <laughs> that, it's a Disney movie. Yeah. I don't know if people, you know, people don't want to see that. I'm just saying, that's real life shit. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that's what they have 2020 or 2020, and then this year they have Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So, a little hiatus from Star Wars. Dude, I like it, year. though. They have a, okay. a Star Wars movie coming out pretty much on my birthday every year. It's awesome. Yeah. Damn. And we get all these TV shows, too, that are coming. Mandalorian yeah. this year. So a bunch, bunch of good Star Wars content coming. Yeah, I... I did bash on Disney Plus. I probably will get it and watch Mandalorian. Yeah, we're gonna have to get. That. We should all just buy one account and then share it. <laughs> oh my God, Jesus Christ, for yeah. real! Let's not do it. I'm in. It's only gonna be. I want to say it was only eight bucks a month or something. It's not too yeah. bad. You get every NC MCU movie on it. You'll get every Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's kind of wor- that's worth it. Not yeah. kind of worth it. That is worth it. And they're gonna put out good content on there. Yeah, movies and especially shows. if we split it, that'll be definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like three bucks yeah. each. Okay, next big thing. This this got me excited to see. So John Wick opened to amazing reviews this week. Yes. Uh, you know, you always worry a little yeah. bit about. Yeah, you always worry a little bit about the yeah. prequel movie, but this one opened to ninety eight percent Rotten Tomatoes, which is higher than the Damn. last two. It's being hailed hailed as the best film in the series, and people are now considering this franchise. At least the reviews I was reading that this is the greatest action franchise in history. <laughs> also. Also, Keanu Reeves, who is 52 right now, says he's down to keep making more as long as his body allows him and as long as yeah. there's an audience. Well, they're, they're doing one thing right. Keanu Reeves pets his dog, and everyone loves Keanu Reeves. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're getting the dog part right. Go, take notes. And seeing him kill a bunch Game of people. Of <laughs> yeah. Dude, wh- wait, what do, you guys th- what do you guys think? Well, I was going to add I was gonna add in one other thing, too, on this the review part that yeah. I thought was interesting. is I saw multiple people saying that they think because of this movie now, that this is definitely why they need to do a stunt category at the Oscars. Apparently, the yeah. stunts are insane. Oh, oh, and I was oh thinking about for that. real. I think that's a good idea. You know, it just gives big-time movies more recognition at the Oscars, which is for some reason they yeah. don't want to give them that. And then they the want to have to yeah. worry about, like, the most popular movie, too, thing. Because a lot of popular movies are action movies, which have really good stunts. So it would kind of yeah. cover that a yeah. little bit. Oh, okay. So they have like best movie for stunt stunt work. Yeah, best stunt That's work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, what do you yeah. do? You guys think this is the best? I mean, none of us have seen the movie yet, but what do you guys think is the best action trilogy? Damn trilogy yeah. off the top of my head. Oh, so a trilogy, just three no, movies. No trilogy. Oh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's action, right? Wouldn't you consider your, like Dark Knight action too? That's action too. I consider yeah. that just comic book. Yeah, though. I don't know. Okay, well then, Mad Max then that's a tri- or oh that's a no, four it's movies. not shit. Yeah, and Lord of the Rings, I consider it's six movies and it's fantasy. Oh, I don't. Think no, Lord of the Rings is not six movies. Yeah, Chill get it. the Hobbit <laughs> out of there, Zach. <laughs> that's separate, Zach. Calm down. Okay, so that yeah. that trilogy that's that's still fantasy in my mind. Fantasy action. Yeah, but. Yeah, but you can still like give them the the be- an Oscar for that, you know. Well, yeah, they did get a like ton it of doesn't... Oscars. Oh, you're talking about stunts, but that one won every. Yeah. I mean, that one won yeah. Best Picture, even Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but it's not like John Wick is kind of like interesting because like that's kind of what it's marketing. Like it's just amazing stunts and amazing action. Yeah. You know, like I can't think of. I really can't think of a movie off the top of my head where it's just pure action. I googled some, and so one that came up was The Matrix, which the third one's not good in that franchise. Second one's not that great either. (laughs) 
Honestly, yeah, it's a step down even from the first one. And then Born Born came up, but that one has four movies. Oh, Born, you can't. Yeah, very good. Mm. Born doesn't count though; it has four movies. I love. You're really Born. gonna include those other ones? Those what about first them? three? Identity, Supremacy, and Ultimatum are all. It's their own arc, and it's completed or by the third movie. Like I feel like that those three movies can stand on their own without the other two. But it's technically has four movies in the franchise. Oh God. We're talking if we're talking just straight trilogies right now, yeah. then it honestly has a case. Trilogy is a really narrow. <laughs> that fourth movie just taints it. No. Yeah, the fourth <laughs> one's not good. I wish they didn't make that. They didn't need it. That was like such a perfect trilogy. Why would they even mess with it? The Godfather came up, but I don't that's, know if that's, that's not action. Action? Yeah, I don't know why. That's like a crime, dude. Like miss. Yeah. I don't know. Like a crime um, it legit not mystery. it legit has a case for as far as just three movies right now if they ended it right here it has a case as best action what about the boondock saints the boondock trilogy saints? is it a trilogy? the third one i know they have two movies and those are dope as fuck <laughs> yeah they were pretty sick i did like those actually those are solid too i don't know if, I don't, know if they had tri- I don't know if that's a trilogy they weren't like all-time great though for me but they were really good i yeah that i just love them just flapping <laughs> russian mobsters yeah, I think if you're picking three movies, Ross, then yeah, The Born would be the best case. But it does have a fourth one that was kind of a stinker. <laughs> Shit, yeah. <laughs> let's just, let's so, just not count that one. Yeah. So right now, I mean, it, if it turns out to be amazing, as these reviews are saying, it might be, arguably. It has a case. I mean, number one and two were really good. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then next, also, Godzilla opened this week to rave reviews. There's still an embargo on it, so I don't have a Rotten Tomatoes rating. But reviews are calling it insanely epic sequel. Apparently, the visual effects are amazing. Um, mm. I think a lot of people had a problem with the first one was there wasn't like a ton of Godzilla in, the, in it. The one with Brian Cranston. Yeah. And they said in this one, it's straight monster fights the whole time. Oh, damn. There's not as much of a human aspect, and that's all I need to hear. I'm already in. This is my most hyped movie I think for the summer for me. Wait, these are early reviews. You were saying? These are yeah. These are reviews that came out this week. Oh baby. Oh, yeah, I guess we Yo, the first one and it was, comes out end of the month. Nice. The first one was didn't have enough Brian Cranston in it, and it didn't have enough Godzilla in it. <laughs> yeah, like, Brian Cranston <laughs> dies like gets pieced early. The only likable like human character got killed in the first twenty five minutes. <laughs> I don't think any of those actors besides him are in it are in the next one. Aaron, oh no, sorry, none of those actors are even yeah, in yeah. Brian Cranston. He's gone for sure. Like Aaron T- Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth. <laughs> I don't think he's in it. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe Ken was that Ken Watanabe. Ken Wa- was he in the first one? Yeah, he was. He's a because he he's might the be one that one delivered the line Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. So he might be in this one too. But other than that, I don't. I think that's it. Yeah. So this gets me hyped. I'm oh, in. Man. We're gonna review this money, this movie for sure. And John yeah. Wick will review that one too for listeners. So make sure you guys see that those. I'm hyped for Godzilla. I like the first one a, a ton. It was, it was awesome. I'm a big fan of the MonsterVerse so far, honestly. Like, I liked the first Godzilla. I liked Kong, Skull Island. Yeah. I'm probably going to like this one. And then after this, they have Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. So I mean, Kong got it's shaping up good. pretty bad reviews, but I, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was okay. Uh, I didn't even I don't see think it got that bad of reviews. I thought it Let's had see. like 50 or 60%. Rotten Tomatoes, 75%. It's not bad. Oh, my bad. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stupid. That's solid. That's about the same as the first Godzilla, I think, too. So yeah. I think they're doing all right with the MonsterVerse so far. I'm curious to see what they'll do after because they're talking about plans beyond 
Godzilla vs Kong. They want to keep expanding, so we'll see. What other kaiju's are gonna, are they going to introduce? I think they released they released a map a couple months ago, like yeah. a, a little Easter egg thing, and it had a bunch of just low locations with monsters potentially. And Ooh, I saw one yeah. had Nessie. Like, yeah, one had the Loch Ness monster on it. Oh, I can't remember kinda, what other ones. That's yeah. kind of cheesy. It's a little lame. <laughs> you can make you can make the Loch Ness monster badass, maybe. No, <laughs> it's just. This badass plethiosaurus. <laughs> not when they make like little hats about them. Yeah, not when you got Godzilla and all these other crazy monsters. Dude, there. they could have like a Yeti one, like a Yeti legend. I was going to say, yeah, Bigfoot coming in. Where would he hide at? He'd have to be massive to even compete. Yeah, and the Himalayans in the flipping mountains that no one goes to. <laughs> or in the deep north of Canada. <laughs> Somewhere Maybe. out there, yeah. Yeah, just up in the like mountains in, in the forest where no one lives. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm down on the MonsterVerse, and I want to announce, announce. Also, we're gonna do a giveaway for Godzilla tickets for them this year, and that we'll announce that in a few weeks who wins. But basically, you have two chances to get an entry. The first is if you leave us a review on iTunes with your Twitter handle. That's one way to get in. And then if you don't listen on iTunes, you can still enter. But all you have to do is follow us on Instagram at Not a Movie Pod. And if you do both, you get two entries. And basically, what I'll do is I'll add up all the handles. I have a little system online I can enter all these things in and do a randomized thing. So that's what we're going to do at the end of the month. Nice. Okay, next story. James Bond. So we got some James Bond news. And this, mm. I'm not sure if this is good. So someone with connections to the movie, he described this movie as a well-polished shit show. And I wanted to go over just the whole, everything that's happened with this movie so far. Wait, who's a, who's a source that reported that quote, Zach? Daily Mail, I think, who's uh, kind of sketchy. Yeah. But given the context, because I thought it was kind of sketchy too, so I started to look back into it. Because I know there's been some issues with it. So, like originally, Dennis Villanueva. Did I say that right, Ross? I honestly don't know how to say that one. That one, <laughs> that one confuses me too. But it sounded yeah. correct, correct, close to correct. Yeah. So Dennis Villanueva, who directed Blade Runner 2049, I think he did Arrival too. Yeah, he did. He's honestly one of my favorite directors right now. He's amazing. He, he's an amazing director. Yeah. So he was supposed to, back in 2017, they hired him. But due to writing issues for the screenplay, he opted out. And he also was committed to Dune, which he's producing, which is going to be fucking probably awesome. Yes. That cast sounds crazy. We can go into Dune on another time. I don't have the whole cast list in front Dune of me. Dune or Doom? Dune. Dune. D-U-N-E. Looks so sick. And he basically dropped the project. And then about a year later... They brought in Danny Boyle, who's an Oscar winner, in February. Yeah. And he ended up leaving in August due to creative differences. Wait, with who? With the studio. Well, with, with the studio. studio. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like the studio, if they keep hiring on directors and the directors keep leaving, that's a problem with the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so at this point, you know, this project's been announced for three years, I want to say. Like Daniel Craig, right now he's 51. <laughs> and, you know, and he's just thinking, okay, this project, it might get pushed back indefinitely. But then... Fortunately, a month after Danny Boyle dropped, Kerry Fukunaga, who he's probably one of my favorite directors right now. He directed season one of True Detective, which was amazing. Yeah. He wrote and directed the Netflix show Maniac with Emma Stone and Jonah Hill, which was really solid. And he also wrote the first It movie. He was supposed to direct that and dropped out. So he he's pretty solid, too. They brought him in. Um, but the problem now, again, is the script. So originally, Kerry came in. He was rewriting the script that Boyle was connected to. But then last month, right before they started filming, they brought in Killing Eve creator Phoebe Waller-Bridge to polish the script, add some more humor, and she they brought her in to rewrite 
some of the female roles in it because apparently I think it has to do with something to do with the, the, the Me Too movement. They were kind of worried just with some of the lines, I guess, that Bond would say to women. Oh, because yeah. he's kind of like a... Because he's a womanizer. Yeah, womanizer kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they're bringing that in and that's currently where it's at and they started filming last month and they announced the whole cast and everything, including Remy Malik, who just won an Oscar yeah. as the villain, which is exciting. But it's just like, so what do you guys think right now? I mean, they have a lot of talent connected to this. Daniel Craig has been pretty solid, in my opinion, as Bond. I think there yeah. was maybe two that were kind of shitty. Like Quantum, Quantum of Solace, Solace. Was, pretty, <laughs> was pretty forgettable. Yeah. You know, and then Spectre, I didn't really, that was Ooh. the last one that came out. Didn't really care for that one either. Oof. But Skyfall is a classic. That might honestly be the best, one of the best Bond movies of all time. Casino Royale. Because that one's amazing. Casino Royale is amazing. His first outing. Yeah, that was yeah. OG. 100%. That one so, like totally revisionized Bond, broke him down and like rebuilt him as a character. I feel like Casino Royale did. Yeah, they made him, I definitely think he became more badass in that yeah. one. Not as suave. You know? Yeah. It's, I mean, they're throwing a lot of talent at it, so you want to like it, but I've seen a, a lot of movies with talent thrown at it that just fail just because yeah. they're just not getting them together in the right way. Yeah, it, it, the only thing I'm kind of worried about is it just feels like there is a little pressure from the studio. That's why people keep leaving, yeah. and you know they're still rewrite, they're rewriting it while they're filming right now. I mean, it's just that seems like a lot of pressure, but they do have a really they have a lot of talent behind this. And then bringing a director on or a new writer on to add in humor. That worries me. That, that worries me too. This ain't no Marvel film. Like this is like a, it's a mystery, you know, like Bond has always been kind of a mystery, you know? Yeah. They're kind of mystery movies, crime detective. Thrillers, yeah. yeah. Thriller, mm-hmm. mystery, crime. Yeah, exactly. All that Action. mixed into one. Yeah. I feel like yeah. they're worried too much about what the audience will want rather than just like giving a good story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it, I, I think that quote, just given the context, I think there is some truth to it being a well-polished shit show. So I mean, we'll see. I mean, hopefully yeah. <laughs> it cranks out good. Only one way to find out, so. Yeah, I mean, I'll still be there night one for the next Bond movie. Yeah. And this will likely be Daniel Craig's last outing as Bond. I think they really had to push to bring him back on this one. So I think he's for sure done after this. Do you ever think we'll get a Bond like Sean Connery again, who's on a ton of movies, or like Roger Moore? How many did he do? I thought he did like 10, but I don't know because it's so right now, actually Daniel Craig, by the time that he is finished with bond, this next one, he will have played bond longer than anyone as far as Wait, years. Oh. So I think the problem mm. now is just, yeah, the production and how much time they have to put in these. Cause these are, there's a lot of pressure in this. Like these are the, the longest running action franchise in history. Yeah. And as far as box office, I want to say it's, it's gotta be in the top 10 as far as box office. There's been over 20 movies. It's bond 25 now. Yeah. So, Okay, so both Roger yeah. Moore and Sean Connery did seven Bond movies. Okay, and this will be his fifth. So, I mean, he's right, right yeah. up there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever get a Bond to do seven. Man, they'd yeah. have to be cranking those out. <laughs> they'd have to be like like crazy. And the, and as far as quality, you know, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if we'll ever get anything like that again. Probably some of those ones weren't that great of quality, either. Yeah, I haven't seen all of those. I've seen every single one. It's terrible. Because my mom loves Bond, so she bought like a whole Bond anniversary <laughs> collection or whatever. Yeah, I can't blame yeah. her, man. Bond is a great yeah. franchise for sure. What's the worst Bond movie you've ever seen? Then all oh, the worst Bond movie I've ever seen. Yeah, or who was the worst? Bond? Oh, the worst Bond, dude. I don't even remember his name, but uh, he was this. He was like the second Bond ever. Or no, Pierce Brosnan was pretty bad too. What? But, 
That was like the first Bond I ever saw. I love Pierce Brosnan. Go freaking. I like him in Goldeneye a lot. No, no, no. In Goldeneye, dude, come on. (laughs) In Goldeneye, (laughs) he was really good. But he was, dude, he was my favorite Bond for a while. And then as I got older, I started to like him less and less. Goldeneye is great. And it spawned a great video game. Oh, yeah. Classic. Dude, that video game is probably one of my favorites. That might, (laughs) I was going to say, that might be like probably why I have such an affinity for Pierce Brosnan, yeah. dude. <laughs> dude, because that's literally like our childhood, you know? That game, man. That one and on PS1, dude, that was so badass. Oh, I played Did you guys ever play Nightfire? Oh, no, that one no. was so good too. Shit. No, but Timothy Dalton, I just looked it up. Timothy Dalton was my least favorite. That dude was not very I don't know. He wasn't very charismatic. Yeah. I I only know Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan, and uh, James Craig as the three. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because you don't really like remember the bad ones. Daniel Craig, or sorry, did I say James? Daniel. Yeah, yeah. When you watch so many Bond movies, you don't remember the bad ones because they're all so similar. You're just like, Ugh, you just shove the bad ones to the back of your memory. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel like with Daniel Craig's last one. Like I watched Spectre yeah. for the first time couple months ago and i was just, man this was so i couldn't even tell you anything about it right now i literally besides that his brother was can't remember his name but his brother was the villain was just kind of a waste yeah i, th- I thought so too <laughs> so you know how in awesome powers there's that guy that throws shoes at things and it, like destroys it there's actually a yeah. bond villain <laughs> in an actual bond movie who throws his hat at things and his name's odd job yeah. Odd job. Yeah, are you serious? Odd job's oh, yeah, a badass. Oh, you guys know about him? Yeah, he's <laughs> whack though. <laughs> no, Odd job's hella sick. No, dude, Jaws is the ultimate uh Bond villain. Yeah. Jaws, Jaws is badass. Who is the best Bond villain? He straight up like bites a shark. Jaws. Jaws is my favorite Bond villain. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Jaws is so wild, outlandish. Yeah. He just has these, this metal grill. He just just wrecks everything. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the name of that one. That is one of my favorite Bond movies Yeah, for he's sure. in a couple Bond movies, I think. And then there's also that guy with the the cat who it never shows his face, but he's just always like stroking his cat while he's talking maniacally. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, I remember that from the Did you guys ever watch the James Bond uh I think it was Moonraker. Is that his There's name? so many good yeah. Bond movies. Wait, what did you Which one were you talking about? The animated animated James Bond. Oh no. I've never seen no. that. <laughs> oh, that was good. Unless you're talking like Archer, which is supposed to be a parody of it. No, no, I'm not talking Archer. Yeah. Okay, moving on. So, another big trailer came out this week for the movie It, Chapter 2. I thought it was spooky as hell. What did you guys think? I also thought it was spooky as hell. (laughs) That grandma? (laughs) That grandma was creepy, man. I'm home alone and I'm scared. Dude, I'm home alone too right now. Let's cuddle in bed together. I'm down. Amanda's (laughs) Amanda's gone, so my bed's open. (laughs) This isn't cheating. It's not. <laughs> no, I thought no. I thought it was creepy. Like that old lady was, she just moved so unnaturally. Oh fuck yeah. her! <laughs> she does not move like anything I've ever seen in real life. She moved. Like, yeah, it was totally the clowns. I mean, yeah. but it, I just liked how they did that entry. Like they just showed a scene from the movie as the trailer, you know, and then did the super cut at the end. And that part, just the first entry of it, was just really good. I was hooked yeah. immediately. And the music, like the Pennywise theme, is terrifying. Yeah, he looks creepy as hell in this the, one, too. Like that thing? <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, that shit sucks. 
he definitely seems pissed too and he's very uh this one it definitely seems like they're going the route where he is more out in the open and he's flaunting his powers yeah. a little more with the balloons out in public in front of everyone mm-hmm. and i know i was looking at that too i was like what he's going in yeah well, yeah, because I noticed in the background, like all the other people in the crowd, they all have their their jaws dropped, and so I think it's him manipulating everyone, or he's just showing him that hey, I can control everything around yeah. you too. Really fuck with these guys this time. I'm I'm pretty hyped on this. I, I like the first one a lot. The only the only thing I may be worried about is just because I think that there was test screenings for it, and some it got really mixed reviews. But I think they probably worked on it since. And this one didn't have Kerry Fukunaga write it, you know, like we were talking about a little bit ago. He wrote the first one. He's not involved in this at all. Yeah. But hmm. I think there's a lot of good source material that they can work with. And I'm totally okay with this, the controversial scene they're tossing in. I thought it was a good, in the books when I read it, I thought it was a good way to intro that, hey, he's back. So I'm, I'm, I'm in on it. Yeah. It also, they looked like they showed that scene where Beverly's like covered in blood or like in a room of blood. They hype that up as it's going to be like one of the scenes in cinema with the most blood in it. I, I, I'm pretty excited for this one. Wait, what about that scene in The Shining, though? Zach, you think it has more than that? Yeah, I mean, that one had a lot. I, we'll see. I don't know how big that room is that Beverly's in. Wait, so is it going to be like blood, like flooding in from all the walls and stuff, just like in The Shining, how it's like flooding through the elevator? I think it kind of looks like it's going to mirror what happens to her in the first movie where she's in the bathroom. It kind of looks like a bathroom. Yeah. What about Carrie? Oh, Carrie, yeah. With the pig's blood that comes yeah. on top of her. Does that, I don't know. Is it supposed to be human blood or yeah. is it just like blood in general? Yeah. Well, I mean, Carrie goes on blood, a I murdering rampage right after <laughs> that. So there's like more blood. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because these, yeah. shi- these are all Stephen Every King. Oh, for real. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So, I mean, it could just be they're hyping it up. Either way, that it's, it's a twisted boy. It's exciting. <laughs> I forgot one other thing that I am a little worried about with this with the second half of the story is just the straight up ending, you know, where you see Pennywise's spider. true form <laughs> in the it's some sort of spider Ooh. creature thing that they depicted in the in the book, but it could be anything. And in the show, the TV show it looked super corny. It was not scary at all. So that's that's the only kind of thing I'm maybe worried about. And then just that in the TV series too, the the adult scenes weren't as scary, but this is looking pretty creepy. You know, they even have his little brothers back to ter- to scare him, and yeah, it, I think it looks good. Mm-hmm. And keeping an air of mystery and like uh, Pennywise's or its true form is probably better. You know, keep you guessing. Yeah, 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 we're not gonna see that. Not actually mm-hmm. seeing the wacky backstory that Stephen King made for him. <laughs> we're not gonna see that until the movie. Yeah, yeah. What were you gonna? Do you want to elaborate on that? I don't think they're gonna go crazy in depth with the yeah. like the turtle and yeah. So in the book, there's this turtle named Maturin or Maturin, or but <laughs> he's basically the it, yeah. uh, analogous to Pennywise or it, and he's this other interdimensional being that's a a huge turtle that's like a a benevolent god that some of the losers clubs members meet. And he gives them advice on how to beat Pennywise, basically. Yeah, yeah and they go on like a drug trip to do it too. Yeah, two of the Losers Club members go in and use a Native American smoke hole, which I'm not even exactly <laughs> sure what that is, but they use that to go on a vision quest and they hallucinate. <laughs> and yeah, yeah basically they smoke peyote straight up at 12 years old. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't think we're gonna get that. I don't think that flashback's gonna happen in this in this movie. Probably not. <laughs> okay, moving on. Next, we gotta discuss HBO's Watchmen. Their first teaser dropped this week. I think this may end up being a show that we will do episode by episode reviews later in the year once it happens. Could be. Yeah, it could be depending on you know the hype yeah. of it. I think there's a lot of hype with it. Those series is really well received and loved i mean depending on how well all of us like it too mm-hmm. yeah that's true too i have a good feeling about it though what'd you guys think about this first teaser look dope yeah it looks sick i like the direction they're going with it how it's post watchmen and all that stuff actually happened and they're showing all these people that are getting all riled up about rorschach's journal which he gave to the publication company and now it's become public knowledge so all these people are this is what I think they're probably doing. Because you know the people that are all saying TikTok, TikTok in the trailer? Mm-hmm. They're trying to overthrow the government because they feel like they're being controlled and they're just pawns. And now they're revolting is basically my theory on it. Mm-hmm. Because they saw Rorschach's journal and the people know the truth now, which, which is what Rorschach wanted. Yeah. And for the listeners who maybe aren't familiar with Watchmen, the original Watchmen series was a comic series set back in 1986 followed a timeline where the U.S. won the Vietnam War thanks to a superhero named Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. The novel was, is listed in Time Magazine's 100 Best Novels, and it's a comic book. Yeah. And it was largely the first comic book that was like really taken seriously, and when comic books were considered that they grew up and could be taken seriously. So it's, it's super influential on where we are at with comics now. Yeah, um, It's personally my favorite comic of all time. I'm really excited for this because, yeah, I think it really is going to recognize the groundwork that was placed in that series and build off that and i think it's a direct sequel to the comics because it seems like in the trailer they mention something about aliens and how they're coming back yeah with the cops and that angle like you should explain the difference between the comic ending and the movie ending in 2008 okay yeah so the comic ending basically adrian veet he creates a squid-like creature that basically destroys new york city yeah and when that happens it kind of unites all the superpowers the united superpowers of the world that were about to go into world war three so that's kind of the method that he was going with that and in the movie by Zack snyder in that dr manhattan was the one who was framed behind it and dr manhattan allowed it because he realized that that was the best route to go to unite the world on top of it he was feeling very disconnected to the world and in both stories, he leaves. Dr. Manhattan leaves. He goes and creates life somewhere else in the universe. Yeah. And in both, also in both things, Rorschach is not happy with what happens. He wants to expose Osmandate. How do I say Ozymandis. that? Again? Ozymandis. <laughs> Ozymandis, yeah. man. Okay, so Ozymandis <laughs> wants to expose what he did and basically sends a journal after he dies. And yeah, what Ross is saying, I think that people the journal got published and people are saying, Hey, this dude was behind all this. They don't believe what really happened. And it's sort of like a revolution that's going on between the cops and the Rorschach followers. Yeah. Yeah. And the cast is looking good. Like I really like Jeremy Irons. He looks kind of like the actor who played Adrian. He does. In the first one. He does look a lot like him, but just older, which I think did a pretty good job of casting him. Yeah. And Regina King, she looks like she's gonna be a badass detective and she just won an Oscar. Tim Blake Nelson is playing the character Looking Glass in the trailer, and he has kind of a chrome mask. I really like this, the whole look of all these on both sides with that. It seems very Watchmen-y. And then, you know, we know in this universe, too, that Night Owl, for example, and some of the other heroes did survive, and they're out there. And in the trailer, you can actually see 
Nial ship crashing. So I think it's going to bring back some of these other characters from the from the first comic series. Yeah, I imagine Doctor Manhattan will show up at some point. I don't know. That's definitely something you'd hold back. You know, you wouldn't reveal that right off the bat. No, I mean he could. Yeah, it looks he could, but I I don't think that that's something that they're going to do first episode. I mean, I think that might be later as the season goes. He's on. just out there on some random planet, just creating life. Yeah, just doing his Chilling. thing. He might not come back though. I mean, we don't know. He doesn't really care for Earth anymore at this yeah. point. Damn. Imagine that progression just being like a regular ass scientist and then that shit happens and you just slowly become a god. Yeah. And there's no one who relates yeah. to you. So you would feel a disconnect to mm-hmm. everyone. That's a crazy like story, like character arc right there. Yeah. And just how his their people's problems aren't important to you. In in the comics, does he come back, Zach? In the comics it ends when he leaves mm-hmm. and then Rorschach's okay. dead. And the last scene is him putting the his journal shows up at, w- at one of the New York papers. So this is all unwritten. They're going off. Yeah, this is a completely new story. It's written by Damien Lindelof, who was the showrunner of the TV series Lost Way Back, yeah. which was great to start. <laughs> <laughs> he co-wrote, uh, yeah, co-wrote yeah, Prometheus, the ending. Which, I, which I enjoyed. Yeah, the ending. Yeah. Dude, damn. Dude, there's, if it's, <laughs> that might become a thing, huh? If Game of yeah. Thrones is as bad as Lost, it would be compared, yes. It's already getting sure. compared on Reddit. Dude. Really? I've already seen oh, I've man. seen so many people comparing it already. It's kind of pissing yeah. me off a little. And then he also co-created the TV series The Leftovers for HBO. So HBO really likes this guy. Hey, Leftovers is pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's a solid yeah. series, too. I watched a little bit of that. So this, this dude's pretty talented. And he's, he's got a feel for sci-fi and, and just this kind of feel. And he, I think he really loves it. Like, when he first announced that he was doing this, he wrote, like, a extremely long letter about how he used to read this with his dad when he's a lot younger and how important the story is to him and honoring it to make sure that it's it feels watched yeah yeah so i'm i'm excited and the teaser looked good to me i didn't think it showed enough but it showed enough for me that yeah i'm I'm in anything else you boys on that yeah i'm in on it yeah it sounds dope i'm ready (laughs) okay so yeah i mean that's pretty much what we have besides for listeners, besides our review of Netflix, is extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Yes. If you haven't seen that movie, it's the one that starts Zach Zac Efron. Be gone. And he's playing Ted Bundy. Yeah, then tune out, and we'll see you again next week. Really excited for this episode this week. Hey, thanks for sticking around for this long, though. Right. <laughs> yeah, if you stuck then. Thank yeah. you. Okay, boys. So, takes on it. Ooh. You want to go first? Give a number. Let's, start, let's just start round robin. We'll do one through 100 our rating and then we'll do our actual review okay luke you you want to go yeah i rate it 88 then at 100 88 okay damn 88 huh that's some high praise damn that was hella good you gave in you gave endgame like 94 that's so close you rated it higher than us too just what was my us rating I want to say that was also 88. No maybe that way. was 84. I rated us like a 9.1 or 2. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He oh, rated yeah, okay, it in the 90s. I rated us as 88 or okay. 89. What about you, Luke or Ross? What would you rate it? I'm going to go with the uh, 68. 20 below. 20 below. 68? What the fuck? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Or you maybe give it like a, D, a 71. It doesn't pass a class in Low in 70s high school? or high 60s. It doesn't pass a class in high school? Nah, dude. I thought the pacing was whack. What? All I thought right. I'm more with Ross too. I gave it personally. I gave it a 65. 
Damn, y'all are wild. I fell asleep at one point during it. I watched honest. the whole oh, thing. No way. I was I was up for the entire motherfucking thing. I was watching it at like one a.m. and I was I still stayed up. I thought I was day. about to pass. I well, like I was watching it and I I didn't think <laughs> I was about to pass out. But before I started the movie, I'm like, damn, I'll probably end up passing out during this movie. But I watched the whole thing just glued to the TV. Okay, yeah. so give just give your overall review then. It was good acting on Zac Efron's part. He just showed how fucking manipulative Ted Bundy was to even every single girl in his life, to Liz. He was telling her, oh, we're going to go to the sound. We're going to buy a house, get a dog with a nice car. And he said the exact same thing to Carol. And then he used the Papillon book to manipulate her. He's like, this book's about a man who doesn't lose hope, who's falsely convicted. You know, it's just... It, it just showed like the mind games that such a fucked up person can play on anyone. And Liz didn't know that he was a serial killer. And like when all that shit happened, it just showed her emotional reaction to it. And I thought it was just kind of real. And like, obviously we can't follow Liz through the entire story. Cause it's just going to be her trying to cope with that, you know? And I thought the ending was perfect too, mm-hmm. because then it finally, it completes her storyline and where she ends up, finally getting the truth out of him and it finally is able to sever her ties her emotional connection with him and i thought that was a good a perfect ending even though it wasn't like true to what happened in real life i thought it was good it was like perfect for the story ross your take wait did any of you guys look into that papillon book what the ending yeah is? dude is my dad's it's my dad's favorite movie so like I oh no way i've seen that yeah it's a good book I read that one when I was a lot younger too. Watched the, I watched the movie the other day. There was a movie that had Rami Malek in it and the dude from that Final Frontier movie. I can't remember his name. I've only seen the older one, the older Papillon. Yeah, I've never seen it or read that one, so I was going to ask you about it. It looks like he does escape, though, in the end, Pap, the no, main character. No, yeah. He, yeah. he does after yeah. so many years. Charlie Hunnam. Oh, Charlie Hunnam guy. from a King Arthur movie. Yeah, it was a pretty yeah. decent movie, yeah. too. Yeah. It came out like a year ago. Yeah, my take on it was, I thought, you know, I thought Zach Zach Efron did a great job in his performance, but I don't think he was the best casting, just because he looks way too handsome. Like Ted Bundy was not like I know a lot of people talk about him, like he was this handsome guy, but dude straight up just had a unibrow. He looked creepy as hell, honestly, to me. Me just looking at him, there is just something off about him. You're not supposed to make judgments about people before you get to know them, but that's just how our brains work. When you see somebody, you automatically make a judgment whether you want to or not. And I just I just get creeped During out. During the when movie, I you thought that? No. When you first saw the movie, you are like, damn, Zac Efron's way too fucking hot for Ted Bundy. Yeah, I was like, this dude is really? a straight hunk. I thought that too. I didn't yeah. think so. Yeah. I didn't think so. And he even had a scene where he took off his shirt and he's like ripped as hell. Like he, he had a, he was straight shredded. He had when like have a you six seen pack. Ted Bundy with his shirt on? Dude was not that Or ripped. shirt off. Come on. You don't know that? You could tell by his shirt. <laughs> oh, just... sure, bro. Wait a, bro. wait, okay. We do assume, I get what you're saying, you're Ross. assuming his saying, figure, Ross. Ted Bundy is not does not have a shredded six pack like that. That dude did not lift. He was eating girls, but he had chicks like <laughs> sw- like swooning over him in courtrooms. Like it was a thing. Yeah, he was just a slick talker. Like, it was just another way of accentuating no, accentuating how like slick of a dude he was. You know, I didn't think yeah. it took away it took anything away from you know it's a movie. We you know that's what I'm saying. He was definitely a slick talker, but he he just wasn't like that. And I feel like that kind of glorified him a little bit, which I didn't like because he killed so many people and 
those people those people yeah. that he killed are the ones that deserve the limelight and their families dude movies always make people way you know they always like upcast people you know they yeah. cast like way hotter characters yeah. every time men and women 100 you know? but i just i just couldn't see people swooning over this that, that that's the, but that's I, what the happened get to i just couldn't see someone i know i know i can't believe that man what's up with dudes in the 70s that they this is the kind of dudes that they're swooning <laughs> over it's fucking absurd this dude had a full-on unibrow <laughs> there was just a general lower quality of males in the 70s i guess and 80s god and he like, got killed yeah. in 89 in 80 yeah that's like the mullet era. <laughs> oh, That's why. Time. That's why he shined. And he did. He was the era. one guy that didn't have a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the number you gave it again, Ross? Uh, 68, I think. Yeah, 68. I thought the pacing was really bad. It was jumping in between stuff really fast. And it wasn't really giving time. It wasn't giving some scenes Wait, time mean? to really deliver and set up an emotional impact when it was trying to. And it would just like jump between scenes with Liz was the his first wife right his girlfriend they never they, married. he never he never married her uh, asked to marry him but they never got married yeah, yeah so Louis i felt Collins. like when it was jumping back and forth between scenes of his like liz and ted bundy just not an emotional setup on some of them just a few like some mean? most of them were good but some it just didn't even give enough time to set up the scene correctly is what i was saying on one of the scenes that he was uh, or that liz was talking with her co-worker the guy that's played by Haley Osman. Yeah. One of the first scenes. I don't remember exactly what was happening, but I just remember in the movie when I was watching it, I was like, wow, that felt really rushed. That was just my feeling on it. That happening. That was, dude, that was like five years after he'd been in, incarcerated. Yeah, that's what like I'm saying. What she... Like it's trying to tell like a 13 year story in a really short movie and it didn't do it. But it kind of illustrated that. Yeah. We knew like how long he'd been in prison. They kind of had illustrated that throughout the movie. But it just Yeah, I, I, the pacing wasn't that bad. I thought it was fine. I had different problems. It just didn't do it for me. All right. That's just my opinion. Got Zach? you. Yeah, so for me, I thought Zach Efron like we, we both yeah. said, I thought he was solid in the role and you know, I don't know if he's necessarily taken as that serious of an actor and I thought he was pretty good in the, in a dram- dramatic role yeah. right here. I think he worked with Lily Lily Collins. I thought she did pretty good too. Outside of the part, there was one part where she like latches, she lashes out at Haley Joel Osment's character and then immediately apologized. And I I don't know. I didn't think that part was that great of acting for me. At one point, you know, I, the movie got a little slow for me though, and I fell asleep, <laughs> like I said. And then, <laughs> and, I, and this is a movie about a serial killer, and yeah. I'm getting sorely bored. I thought every other actor besides the two main characters were pretty forgettable. You know, John Malkovich was just sitting up there cashing a check. Yeah, he doesn't even look like the guy, the judge at all. He didn't even no. care at all about that role. <laughs> and I thought the title was kind of misleading for one. You know, when I'm reading a title like that, I'm thinking, okay, this this is going to be a yeah. little messier. I thought there'd be more, it'd be messier. You thought it was going to like show more of what he was doing. So, you, so you're just saying Zach, it didn't deliver expectations. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that there's almost no signs through the movie that he's pure evil, yeah. you know, as you're going through it. It doesn't show that. It doesn't illustrate that enough for me knowing who he is. I think we needed more clues that he was the murderer outside of being in the locations. I just, I thought it was way, trying to like, at first it, just went way too hard. I thought that's what made it good. Okay. Because like, let's forget that we all know fucking how fucked up Ted Buddy was. Throughout the movie, it seems kind of ambiguous. Like, oh, he's at the same time and he's at the same location. I know, but, but that's what I was going to say. That's how it felt for his girlfriend, Liz. Also, we're going through it with her. We're like, 
wait, is he really the fucking murderer? You know, because she doesn't know either. And then we're like, wait, is he actually? We're kind of going through the story with yeah, her, but- which is why I thought it was good. Because like we're finding things, we're finding information out like she is. Yeah, but that's that was my problem, though, is that there is, you know, like when there's the time of those two girls at the lake that yeah. die, one, a bunch of the witnesses there said that she left with a guy named Ted. That's super yeah. obvious. So her having a debate, it doesn't make sense to me because she's the one who called the cops on him after all that happened. You should not have a debate on that. That, and that should have been in the movie because that's super obvious that there was a guy named Ted. It looked like him in the drawing. I just think you need to have that in the movie. I don't think that it should have been as ambiguous or that it could potentially be him or not. Like, I think they leaned into that too much is what I meant. That it was ambiguous. Did she call him in in the end, though? No, she did. She was the one that called him in. Yeah, that's what I was saying. She's the one who called it in. Yeah, yeah, I know. But they didn't mention the part. It was Ted. The person said his name was Ted. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just didn't feel like there should have been that much debate for me. And I think I would have liked it more. And I, I get it. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do is to make you think that maybe he's innocent the whole time. Also, at the same time, like, we already know this story going into it. We know how horrible of a person he was and all the people he killed. So I'm, like, sitting there watching it thinking, all right, I already know all these people he's killed. Like, why is it trying to make me feel empathetic? Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. If if, if you hadn't, if you had knew nothing about Ted Bundy going into this, you might have thought there was a chance he was innocent. Yeah. Though, and it was overwhelmingly obvious that he did it the whole time is why I had that just that problem with it. I think the only time they really show real hard evidence was the teeth yeah. marks. That was another, I thought that same body. thing. What if you knew nothing about Ted Bundy and this was your first thing, seeing him? You could potentially think, oh, maybe this guy didn't do it. Yeah, maybe this guy. He wasn't that bad of a dude. Yeah, and this guy murdered 30 yeah. plus women. I thought it was just interesting yeah. having us go through the story with the perspective of, Someone like his who, family members and stuff of yeah. someone who actually loved him you know yeah that's what the story is supposed to be so that's why i enjoyed it i thought it was interesting yeah. that it showed that perspective as well i'd never seen that perspective and before that's why i enjoyed it so much mm-hmm. well that's what i just i think that they have shown that perspective a little bit in just documentaries that i've seen because i was saying like ross i've, I've watched a good amount on this guy yeah. and so I, for me i just didn't think it brought anything new i guess i haven't and it, and it left out it just left out too much that i didn't seem believable i've never seen any ted bundy documentary so maybe oh, really? you've just seen oh, okay. shit that i haven't but that's why i thought it was good because it it shed light on something that i'd never even like thought of before being so personal with this like someone who was so personal with a serial killer and didn't even know yeah you know what i think would have made it better from what I was watching it is I would have liked to see the murders. I would have liked to see more of a, maybe American psycho. Oh, approach. him just like this, his descent into madness, like over the course of the movie. Hmm. Well, then it just how he can flip and be so act so good. You know, that's crazy. If you I can don't do know. That kind of stuff. Patrick Bateman in American psycho acts crazy all the time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. More <laughs> like, how about Dexter? Okay. Yeah. Dexter. Yeah. Dexter's not Dexter? crazy though. Everything he does is like fucking tactical and like for real calculated. Yeah. Yeah. But so same with this guy. I mean, he was getting he abducted at least eight girls before they even had an idea of what he looked. But he wasn't like calculated. Yeah. He after like oh. I did research and I he said he just had urges. Like he just follow women home and like whatever happened happened, and then he'd take yeah. care of it. He go into a frenzy. It's not like he had a method to him fucking killing people. Dexter, you're saying? Yeah, like Dexter, who planned Dexter. Dexter who had plans urges though, too. Yeah, he, he had urges, but he could control his urges. That's what his father taught him. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I just it didn't 
when I was watching Ted Bundy's final interview before he like went to the electric chair last night, he was talking to this guy and he said how it all started for him. He actually seemed like he was really sorry about it, but also he's an incredibly <laughs> manipulative lying person. So who really knows? But he was like yeah. saying how when he was a kid, he got into pornography and then slowly that wasn't enough. And he started getting into like violent pornography and then kept sneaking watching violent pornography and then over time he was like wow i can't just look at this anymore like i need to do it so for a while he was having that in his head and then he advanced to actually doing it and bringing it into the real world and then it was just like more and more he just kept needing more violent acts to satisfy him yeah there was even more signs when he was younger too he would uh he would set traps in the woods he would dig up holes and put sharp sticks down to just trap things and one time a little girl fell in it oh that actually happened he was was fucked up from when he was a kid yeah that was one of yes that was one of his neighbors said that you're lying he did that did she die i'm not lying to you that's messed up she didn't she like luckily it just cut up her leg like it sliced her leg all the way open all the way down the side (laughs) damn I mean, this kid was a weirdo, dude, <laughs> growing up. He set up a punji pit just randomly in the forest. Oh, he was doing a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't know any of this shit. Boy That's Scout. why I thought it was like, I knew he was just a ridiculous serial killer. That's why yeah. I enjoyed it so much, because I didn't know all this fucking wild shit about him until like I started researching after the movie, and then I was like, damn, this dude is a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah. And I just don't like, everyone always says, oh, you didn't seem like someone who would tear open young girls. I don't anyone really seems like that, you know? I mean, some people, but. But they're comparing him to like to the last serial killers, like Son of Sam, Zodiac Killers. They all seemed kind of like fucking crazy. Yeah. Charles, Charles Manson. Manson. Yeah. They all had like off things about him, but to the to American mm-hmm. culture, you know, is what I'm saying. That was the media's depiction. Yeah. That, like yeah, he yeah, was yeah. the That's smooth true. talking, you know, fucking dude that you c- could be friends with. But you would yeah. never know that he kills people, and it's horrible. Yeah. What do you do? You guys think that someone can be pure evil, one hundred percent evil? Well, Hitler. Yeah. I mean, this Hitler. Dude, Hitler cared evil. about dogs, though. He liked dogs, but He's not evil humans. Motherfucker, dude. Does that does that make him not evil? evil? No, I'm just saying there is a good quality to even evil people. There's like some good qualities. It doesn't at all make up for their bad qualities. But I'm just saying. They're not purely evil. But it still doesn't change for the fact that they're evil. Change the fact that they are evil. If you're capable of doing one of these, something like this, you're evil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Straight up. I just think humans are really complex. Yeah. So. This is yeah. true. He's definitely on the evil side of the spectrum. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> That's undisputable. Yeah. <laughs> so final, what was the numbers again? Rounded out. I said 65. 68 for Ross. Yeah. 88 for Luke. Yep. Okay, I think that's it. Anything else we want to talk about on that movie, at least? I think I'm no. good. I think I got everything off I'm surprised my you. I'm surprised you guys didn't give a passing grade. Fuck you guys for that. That's shit. <laughs> passing, hey, man, if that's a if we're doing a Rotten Tomatoes score, that's a pass. True. True. Yeah, I guess. That'd be a fresh. We fresh, we right? fresh. Isn't it 65? Is that fresh? What, what, what's fresh? What's considered fresh on Rotten Tomatoes? 65 anything above a six or a 60 okay yeah anything if it's six out of ten then they rank it as fresh if it's three out of five you're fresh Mm. yeah Mm. i think that was yeah for me at least all right is that it yeah i think i think do you guys want to do a review of detective pikachu i kind of i think i'm gonna go see it yeah i'm down sure it got good reviews we should do it We'll do that probably, I want to say we'll do this one in a week. We're not going to do this after the Game of Thrones episode, so we got time to get that. So if you're listening, 
Go see Detective Pikachu. We're going to review that movie. It stars Ryan Reynolds. That's pretty much it, though. I think that's that's what we got for the episode today. Yeah. Make sure to follow us at Not A Movie Pod on Twitter, at Not A Movie Pod on Instagram. We're doing that giveaway that we talked about earlier. Also, follow us for Thrones fans at Thrones Facts. We basically, what we do on that feed is just straight up Game of Thrones news. We also have at Culture Crave, which is kind of what we cover everything on. So we'll do Game of Thrones, we do Marvel, Star Wars, just any kind of news that we think people will want to read, we'll post it on there because we don't necessarily cover everything on this podcast. We'll get all that stuff on there. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. All right, we out of here. Peace. Later.